Welcome to the Geniuses of Copywriting Podcast, a peek into the minds and strategies of the world's greatest copywriters, marketers, and persuasion experts. And now, here's your host, Brian Casangina. Hey guys, welcome back to the Geniuses of Copywriting Podcast. Got an extra, extra special guest here, a man who I have been trying to get on this show, uh, a stubborn man who has uh, somehow been too busy to uh, to give me the time of day for this show <laughs> until, until now. And the, the funny thing is that he actually had to uh, make a, uh, a big change in his career um, until I was actually able to uh, pin him down for this, uh, this interview. So, uh, Ed Dow, thank you very much for finally consenting to, uh, to come on the show. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm very well. It took me retiring and uh, a lockdown, so I literally couldn't uh, couldn't leave. So yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. there's no escape. But to be fair, we'd hope to catch up at uh, Trevor Crook's event, and unfortunately, that had to be uh, cancelled because of the uh, because of uh, of course COVID nineteen and so on. So so it's a new world, and uh, you know, it's, I'm glad to be able to talk to you now. I love uh, you know. Big long-time listener, first-time caller for the podcast. <laughs> well, um, it goes without saying that uh, that I'm glad to uh, talk to you as well because uh, you know, growing up in the internet marketing world, as you do, you know, um, uh, Ed Dale is one of the big names um, that, uh, that, uh, that people hear of. Um, I know you're never really a copywriter for hire, but uh, uh, you're a genius at it just the same, you know, the, the stuff that you... Uh, done with Frank Kern and all the all these marketing campaigns like that. So, um, I am uh, I am really sitting on the edge of my seat, uh, uh, waiting for you to um, uh, tell us how all that got started and and uh, where you came from in the industry. Mm. So I had a I was uh, very lucky. Like I had all sorts of well, I had all sorts of business failures. I tried to start a. Uh, a magazine when I was in university and it was on yeah. NASCAR racing in Australia. And as I often joke, the great way to have, make a small fortune is uh, start a magazine because you, you have a large fortune. It will become small very quickly uh, when you publish a magazine, uh, particularly when it's targeted like that. And, but, you know, it was able to, you know, through various businesses and, and, and failures as an entrepreneur, was able to uh, sell my business in the uh, dot-com boom side of things before there was a bust thing. And I sold my uh, business for a million dollars, which was lovely. And subsequently um, went and you know, raised a whole bo- bunch of money like everybody was doing at the time for, for a new venture. And, and, and that venture uh, did a lot of good things, but it, it failed miserably in the end. Uh, but, at the end of that, and now we're, you know, that's the, that's the, that's the from high school to, uh, to sort of 2001 story. Um, so like three years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Um, slightly longer than that. At that time, you know, I was, I didn't want to, you know, I had, I'd had the bit, I'd been the CEO, you know, people and offices over three continents, you know, the, the whole thing and hated every single minute of it and at the time i was i was very aware of uh you know jay abraham and from mainly from his interviews with uh, tony robbins because i 
listen to Tony Robbins as a as a youngster. It was a great education, yeah. realizing that there's other sorts of training you could get once you left school. Because I I was not aware of that mm. until uh, I was uh, I had heard Tony stuff, and he uh, it was around that time he published uh, I think get everything you have out of everything you've got, or it's along you know it's the book around those lines. Yeah, that's and, the one I've got that. Yeah, and it. And I thought, you know, this is fantastic. This is really, really interesting stuff. And then, of course, over, you know, if, and, and thought no more of it. But, of course, come, uh, you know, that sort of time, I was looking, you know, that was around the time where people started really getting into selling stuff online, selling little PDF, you know, ebooks and and so on. And I thought, this is really cool. This is this is something that's really interesting. Wonder if we can do that. And of course, the way that they were all being sold these ebooks, because we had there was of course no video, no no podcast, yeah. no, no multimedia at all, was good old direct marketing. Well, what I now know of is is good old long form sales letters. Was how all these uh, these little ebooks were being sold. And so started um, started looking at copywriting and and fell in love with it immediately, and found I had a little bit of a knack for it because I you know I approach it for I've always wanted to be a writer but hate writing if that and I think a lot of people will uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> find the irony in that mm. uh, especially given you know what I went on to do and. It was. It occurred to me, you know, coming from the world of startups and business plans and high finance and all this sort of stuff, you know, all the business plans in the world weren't worth the paper they were written in. In fact, they'd be in this toilet paper starved world, they'd be very useful. Then that's yeah. about as much use as they were good for. But a really well-written sales letter, that is just you know, way better than any sort of uh, business plan. Because if you couldn't write a really good sales letter for your product, you had a hole in your product because, you know, if you couldn't mitigate every single risk or every single question that a prospect raised in their mind during the course of your sales letter, you didn't have a fully formed product yet. And I started realizing, uh, and it's, of course, it's highly ironic as well, that, hang on a second, I can write these sales letters and effectively test the concept. Now, very quickly learned, of course, that uh, that is something called dry testing. It was very illegal uh, at the time. <laughs> Not a good thing to do. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was fan, you know, it, it, it just was fantastic. So I thought, this is the thing I've got to learn. I've really got to learn this. So I went to uh, Dan Kennedy's retiring uh, copywriting event in 2000. His last ever one. His last ever event. Which, which last ever one? And three, right? Yeah. So just that, and I and I make no bones. Divorce is expensive. I get that. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and but it, 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 uh, look, whatever it was, it got me to go over to that event. And uh, like, I liked Dan, loved John Carlton. Oh, he's going to listen to this too. And I'm going to hate this now. 
because I'm going to make him sound like good and stuff. Yeah, um, it can't be helped. But, no, I know. It, it's an occupational hazard. Yeah. But yeah. He's, the way he taught and the way he um, taught about copy was fantastic. And, and I was in a very fortunate position that I was able to work with people. You know, I could hire people and figure out this ebook thing. And, and, and it worked. You know, this ebook, you know, we created this initial bunch of ebooks. You know, one was, uh, you know, how to have a Cinderella wedding on a pauper's budget, how, how to catch trout in streams, um, you know, all this sort of, it was these sorts of things. Yeah. And they worked and it worked spectacularly, uh, spectacularly well. So, and I realized that the thing that made it work, the thing that the magic, where the magic occurred was not the product creation, was not the mechanics of, of course, it was all voodoo back then. You know, it's not like now where we have all these amazing shopping carts and yeah. all this stuff, like you were coding everything yourself at that point. And so it seemed like voodoo, but the real magic, of course, was the copywriting. And that was where it happened. So, and, and the thing that occurred to me looking at all of these, um, look at all these copywriters, you know, John Carlton, Dan Kennedy, um, you know, you name them, you know, when you trace one thing I learned very early on, and it's, it's a great piece of advice. If you, um, and I think I first picked it up with guitar, you know, if you um, study Eric Clapton, right? And yeah. you, you will be able to, particularly in this day and age, you will be able to reproduce Eric Clapton solos almost perfectly, yeah. right? But you'll never develop your own style. You'll always be a cover band. You'll always be Eric Clapton, mm. right? The real trick, the real trick, if you want to learn any discipline, is to figure out who you really admire, say like Eric Clapton, but then actually look at, okay, where did he learn from? Yeah. That's the real yeah. trick. And of course, he's uh, Robert Johnson, Sonny Boy Williamson, the hardcore blues guitarists of the, the Great Depression. And, and so that, that's who he was learning from. And so if you learn from the people that you admire now, you'll replicate their style. But if you want to develop your own style, you need to go back to their influences. And of course, every single road led to Gary Halbert. Yeah. You know, people don't realize, of course, Dan Kennedy's very first job was working in Ohio, working for Gary mm. in his heraldry business, right? That was mm. his very first job, right? And you, Jay Abraham, the, his go-to guy for copy was always Gary Halbert. Right, it's all roads led to John Carlton did his apprenticeship with Gary Halbert. Mm. So, being Aussie, you have some uh, appreciation for this, Brian. We we are well world renowned for our bluntness. Yeah, all things. You know, we we don't have a lot of shame when it comes <laughs> no. to it. It comes because we're all uh, you know sort of descendants of convicts. I think. Yeah. <laughs> but I was in um, I was in a uh, Atlanta um, at a, actually another conference learning uh, about copywriting, uh, a second conference after the Dan Kennedy retirement conference, another one that he was putting on. <laughs> and, um, and I thought, you know, you know how Gary in his very famous Gary Halbert letter, which of course 
shouldn't not be uh, unknown to anybody who's listening to this podcast. Oh, sure. He always put his phone number in the mm. newsletter. It was there on every single front page mm. of every newsletter. He put his phone number. And I thought, you know what? I'm in Atlanta and I, I just want to ring him up and thank him for everything he's done because I subsequently, of course, devoured every single uh, single letter that he had yeah. and, and, you know, became, I got, an, you know, I've got an original version of the Boron letters, literally wow. hear that it sits right there. You know, it's the, the original handwritten damaged version. Um, and pride of possession, still one of the most mm. amazing, to this day, one of the most amazing copywriting terms you could possibly get. And I thought, you know what, I'll ring him up. And I fully expected to get some secretary or something. And, and I was just going to say, look, I'm leaving a message for Gary. I just wanted to say thank you for, for everything. And if I could ever take him out for lunch, that'd be great. Anyway, call. And guess what? Gary answers. Yeah. He answers. I said, oh, Gary, you know, this is great. And, and, and he, for some reason, he had an affinity with Australians. I think it was his, his time in the, the, the Navy. And he, um, and we just got to chatting. I said, look, I'd love to take you out to lunch. He said, oh, that'd be great. And I was in Atlanta and I said, I'll come tomorrow. I said, I'll, I'm ditching this conference. If you, I'll take you out <laughs> to, to, to lunch. So I booked myself a flight. Remember those days when you could book a flight? Yeah. Uh, before, the before times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so I took myself down to uh, Miami and uh, rocked up at his place. And he, he was sort of impressed that I would jump on a thing like that. And then, you know, and now this is deep, uh, this is deep background, but when I was a, a kid, you know, in sort of 84, 85, you know, I was an impressionable teenager in those years. Of course, mm. my favourite show on television, bar none, was Miami Vice. Mm. I loved Miami Vice. So this was the first time I was in Miami. And Gary said, hey, let's jump on the boat and I'll take you to this spot. It's this crab shack, which is on the middle of this island. You can't get to it. Um, it's only known by locals and it's where all the supermodels and all the who's who of Miami hang out to have a private lunch. Nice. Right? This is insane, right? This is like, I'm, here I am with yeah. my absolute hero, <laughs> Gary Albert. And now I'm on a boat and it was just a little, it was a little dinghy, nothing flat. It wasn't like a, uh, you know, Crockett with the alligator lashed to the stern. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it was, it, uh, uh, this was just, this was just blown my little Beechworth country, Beechworth, Victoria mind what I was doing right now. And this shack was extraordinary. It was this out of the way place. And, and we got on like a house on fire because unlike, <clears throat> pardon me, unlike uh, most uh, people, I think who, who Gary ran into in those times, he, I wasn't trying to suck, as he used to say, suck his bone marrow dry. <laughs> right, I was just genuinely interested in talking with him, and 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 just you know hearing. You know, I didn't have any hidden agenda or yeah. was trying. To and but the one thing that, of course, you know, Gary was famously anti-internet at that time. Like if you go back to his, if you look at his newsletters, he was famously anti-internet. And of course, here I was using his letters and his teaching to online. Uh, on, online. And so I showed him that and, and he, like the, 
the he went from I hate the internet to I'm a master of the internet in three hours <laughs> like he did and to be fair he was he was extraordinary in the way he was able to grok and pick up things so we had an amazing day and um and it was fun. And by the way, this is all documented in Gary Halbert newsletters. If you uh, search Ed Dale, Gary Halbert, you'll hear the whole story in Gary's own words. And so at the end of the day, we got on like a house on fire. And said, it's such a shame. All of my people are getting together for a meeting in London on Monday. And I'd love you to show uh, what you're doing because this is amazing. And, and, and I'd love to work with you on it. And I said, okay, but I'd already I'd been away. My daughter at the time was only like two or something like that. Mm. And so my wife, Julie, had been home for, I'd been away for two or three, like it was crazy the time I'd been away. So I'm literally driving home, like I'm driving to the airport, Miami airport. And I call up Julie to tell her this, like this astounding, you know, just Story. astounding adventure that yeah. I had. And, and said, uh, you know, at the end, he then finished up saying, you know, about this London thing. And, and I said, oh, look, I'm not doing it. I've been away. And she said, Ed, are you an idiot? <laughs> and she, this is your hero. You can't stop talking about him at any point in time. You know, this is your marketing hero and he wants you to you do it. This is a once in a lifetime Smart opportunity. Woman. Exactly. And because I, I really wasn't going to do it. And so I booked tickets on the spot and I called Gary up and I think this is what, what sealed the deal was I called him up and said, okay, I'm on a plane to London. I'll be there Monday. And that blew him away because you know, for a difference between the Aussies and uh, a lot of people, mainly because we have to travel everywhere. Yeah. Right? We, we can't, you know, if you have 1% of the market in the United States, uh, you are a millionaire, probably a multi-millionaire. If you have 1% of the market here in Australia, you're bankrupt. Right? We've got a tiny, tiny population. So Australians travel, right? We, and that's why we do so, because we're A, blunt, and B, prepared to travel, because it's just, to travel to Sydney is a 10-hour drive, yeah. right? It was the most traveled air route on the planet. Right, mm. uh, until uh, as so I stopped all the flights in in the before times, mm. and so you know, so this was uh, you know, and that was the start of it. Uh, and again, it's all I won't go into any more of the story because it's all documented in the newsletter. I hired Gary exclusively to work with me, um, and to just work on internet stuff. Uh, there are an extraordinary number of stories and so on, but I got the you know, I spent well over you know multiple six figures uh on projects with gary and it was the best money i could have spent ever because i got to see firsthand his processes and learn his processes firsthand and unlike uh caleb and sam and people that you've had on who can tell you all sorts of stories of all the stuff they had to do as a protege because i hired him i had a different relationship so i never had to inject his butt with hormones or do any of those <laughs> other, <laughs> other that, that some of the proteges that came after me did. So I was, I was very lucky in that, uh, that sense. So, but like, but you're absolutely right. So I took all that knowledge and instead of becoming a copywriter, channeled it all into my own projects. 
and, mm. and so that that was with you know with the what became the challenge uh which was uh, an incredible project uh which resulted in you know i've trained more people to start online businesses than anyone else on the planet i um went on and and created a whole bunch of businesses and at the core of each of those businesses and this is a message i really want to get across to listen to this podcast and why copywriting is the skill i insist everybody learn right regardless i don't care who you are whether you plan on writing copy or you just plan on doing a great business because those skills that you learn from creating a good sales letter are exactly the same skills that you need to create a good business plan to create a, a robust business it's the most important thing you could possibly do yeah and and so you know that led to the full story you know to the to the point where i started realizing how much these young whippersnapper copywriters started getting paid and i was i turned 50 this year and i had no intention of jumping around on instagram or recording tiktoks or getting hair plugs or any of those sorts of things that needed you know seemed to be a requirement of being an influencer and a mover and shaker yeah and i said i'm out right on I'm, I'm done and one of the reasons that gave me the confidence to say that i'm done because you know nobody retires really is that i realized that if these young whippersnappers can write a sales letter well i can write a sales letter and i saw what you young whippersnappers were being paid for writing these sales letters and i said hang on a second what's going on here <laughs> right <laughs> this, this is an awesome living for no stress so I, one of the reasons that gave me the confidence to retire from coaching and training and all of those sorts of things was that, you know, I've done a, a, a couple of projects for Legacy Research now and helped uh, mm. Justin Brook out with some sales letters and stuff with him. And so I am living the life of Riley, doing, um, writing, you know, going back to, to my roots, writing copy for people because mm. it's, it's bloody lucrative and <laughs> so i thought you know what am i doing smashing myself uh for all this when i can just you know write people you know and you know and look yeah. copywriters are a humble bunch aren't they brian you know they <laughs> totally you know, I, I find that, that they are extremely humble but I, I i've been able to break some records and do some things for people just in the time i've been back just doing copywriting and it's i've had a blast so it's um you know it's a it's a thrill to be able to to help people out like that and 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 you know it's a wonderful lifestyle you know it's you know it's you know people you know i touch all available wood and, and for anybody who's listening to this who's had their industries turned up in their over their head over the past few weeks with covid you know my um, my sympathies are absolutely 100% with you but it just again goes to show that hey copywriters aren't starving no right? they are, not exactly they, no. We, we are in demand because if you are good ones anyway if you're good you're good right and if you can do uh you know if you put in the training and you put in the hard yards right there's never been a better time to to be able to, and you know there's never been a better time for example to train as a copywriter um, and apply those skills into say affiliate marketing because leads are so cheap right now. Mm. So, you know, if you can create copy that can convince people to buy this affiliate product, you know, 
you you were generating revenue for yourself, right? And and doing that, and and that's why you know, and, and I did that for years and years and years and years and years, um, and it was it was enabled me to retire, and you know now just doing great copy is a lot of fun. So yeah, that's that's the journey. Yeah, and what a journey. I mean, uh, it really uh, makes a lot of sense as well because, uh, um, you know, uh, as you know, uh, my wife and I have been travelling uh, mostly through Southeast Asia for, um, for the last five years full time. And, uh, you know, copy, being able to write copy, being able to write people's sales letters and be able to write people's emails um, is how I've been able to do that, you know. Mm. And... Uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, Justin Brooke, who, who was uh, 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 one of my clients, and I've got uh, um, a couple of them now um, who mm. I've taken on in uh, in these uh, in the actually uh, during this uh, tumultuous period that we're going through. So um, even while uh, um, uh, a lot of business have been turned upside down, and uh, you know, I'm very sympathetic to people who are doing it tough as well. You know. Um, in in the case of of uh, writing copy, you know, it, it's it's an industry that, that that just keeps on going. In fact, it's it's even more important uh, during times like this because uh, um, there's never been a more important uh, uh, time where where it's been more crucial uh, to be able to sell something. Now, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And yeah, I'm reminded of the the story that Frank tells often. Uh, Frank Kern. And Frank Kern and I had the underachievers and we hit it off like a house on fire. And, and when I met him, you know, nobody would touch him with a barge pole because he'd just been completely done over by the FTC, quite unfairly. Yeah, yeah. I, he'd, he'd ba you know, basically some uh, very uh, devious telemarketers had taken some of his affiliate products and they were promising the world. Mm. Of course, Frank wasn't saying that. And of course, the FTC went after Frank and they took everything right they took everything you know credit cards assets just mm. everything everything grows and he tells the story of reading john carlton's original um training and and saying to his wife you know we're going to be okay because i can write copy and if i can write copy then you know it's he's you know i made that joke at the start brian this is really important i made that joke of, i thought wow i could write a sales letter and see if people hit the buy button, don't take their orders, but do that. And of course, at the time, that was called dry testing. And yeah. is most Western democracies, that's highly illegal. However, it's no longer illegal. Hang on, Ed, what are you saying? Don't take legal advice from Brian or Ed, by the way. We're not lawyers. <laughs> yeah, true. But here's the thing. Let me, let, if I describe this in another way, thanks to the Brooks, Brooklyn hipsters of Kickstarter, guess what? What's Kickstarter? If not, right, yes. a sales letter written and one of two things will happen. It'll either get funded and off you, are, off you go to the races or it won't get funded and you tested mm. an idea and guess what? The idea didn't work, mm. right? So we're now dealing in an environment and thanks to Lean Startup, by the way, that whole you know, dry testing and offering people, that's totally kosher. You know, that's totally, that's part of the whole lean revolution. Yeah. You know, Silicon Valley and Brooklyn hipsters made this 
a very valid way of doing things. So as a, you know, with copywriting in your skill set, you know, there's, because as many industries there are that have taken, like, and probably will never recover, right? That's, mm-hmm. you know, and you know this this is a world changing event make no mistake right this is not we are not going to back to life as we knew it in december of 2019 we are forever changed right make no mistake now having said that that, that doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing at all it means like for example how many more virtual summits are there going to be because people are going hang on a second i can get all the benefits and go to my kitchen for snacks and not have to pay uh, all my travel and accommodation. And for organisers, I don't have to put my, because, you know, boy, you talk about industries that are affected. Anybody who has live events, you know, they've been destroyed over the last couple of months. And, you know, they're starting to think, well, hang on a second. If I put on a virtual summit, I'm not on the hook to hotels and Mm. all these major liabilities. We can deliver it virtually. So things are going to change. And there are industries that are going to thrive. And for every dramatic event, Great Depression, um, the uh, world wars, the uh, oil shocks, you know, for every one of those, there is a subsequent boom period after it as people adjust. And, and there's a, there is as, you know, so many of these phrases, pivot, un- yeah. you, know, pre-sub- yeah. you know, as copywriters, we're, we're, we're starting to, twitch anytime the word pivot or uh, <laughs> precedent enters our mind because we, we're sick of writing and I think people are starting mm-hmm. to get sick of reading it. But it is, it is very true. And so there's an opportunity with copywriting is our, you know, the opportunities to, and I apologize for using the word in advance, the opportunities for you to pivot are a sales letter away. or a, And I use always use the word sales letter, one, because I'm, I'm old school, and two, I'm convinced to this day that, you know, I always start off, it doesn't matter where the marketing campaign is going to end up, I still start with a long-form sales yeah. letter as my base because you can always move to a script. You can always move to mm. break it up emails. You can always, you know, plan a marketing campaign. But I'm, I, I am very old school. I write pen and paper. You know, and it's so funny. There's so much stuff that Gary uh, intuited that has now been proven by science. Like the mm. fact that, you know, people, and I see this a lot in uh, the Facebook copywriting groups. Oh, you surely you don't handwrite out sales letters. Yeah, you? yeah. Both you do. Like any, any, any apprentice or any, like if I would train a copywriter or anything, the first thing I'd be doing is two weeks of handwriting, bud. Mm. Because the science now tells us that that is more effective. Now, if you're 12 years old and you're going to be a copywriter in 10 years, it may be different because you're, you, maybe you just literally didn't have pen and paper. But for anybody who went through their schooling years with pen and paper, handwriting is, it, it, it is a better creative process. In, and the science tells us that. So it's fascinating. So I still handwrite. Um, and not because I'm, uh, as you know, one of my... Uh, you know, I don't have fast cars or cocaine or uh, hip hop lifestyle like some of our colleagues in the copywriting <laughs> industry do. All three, yeah, <laughs> mistresses, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Bless them. But uh, I don't have any of those things. But I do love technology, right? And I do. You know, I haven't met a thing, cool thing that I haven't bought as a gadget. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do. But I, I tell you what, when it comes to actually the 
creating a campaign, it's still pen and paper for me, you know, and it's funny, you know, those, those sorts of things, resting your copy, you know, the science tells us now, yeah. you know, Gary and I to go for drives in the car. We'd, uh, after he'd finish a draft, he'd put it down, wouldn't look at it, wouldn't touch it, wouldn't edit it. He'd go for a drive, you know, and we'd go down to the Florida Keys or we'd go uh, up, up north to Delray or wherever, uh, Fort Lauderdale, and, and he'd come back fresh the next day before he ever attempted editing. And again, the science now tells us because we can now look inside people's brains and see how that, that the editing side of the brain and the writing side of the brain are completely different areas of your brain, literally. And if you try to combine those while you're writing copy, you're in all sorts of trouble, mm. right? You can't achieve flow state. You can't achieve, you know, let's face it. Most of what we write in our first draft is turgid rubbish. Mm. No, I don't care how good you are. Right, even Gary Halbert's first drafts were look, they were good, no question about it. Right, they were, they were good, but they were not the polished gems that after draft 15 and 16 were, yeah. Right, and, and you know, that I think when people start out, that's one of the things I see, they get so downhearted because they produce their first vomit draft, as we call them, vomit yeah, drafts, yeah. right, and 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 we know that the sub the reason to do a vomit draft is just that get get the guts down on paper so much of it will suck but get the guts out because the gems there'll be gems in there and there's a whole bunch of coal that we need to crack open to find diamonds and that's just the process right that's any creative process but he intuited all of that way before there was the science to back him up which which i always love and always uh found that uh, amazing yeah yeah <laughs> Guys like uh, him seem to uh, um, do those things uh, without having that, the scientific base that we have now. They just they just uh, um, tried them and they worked and, and uh, uh, did them instinctively, um, and then and then it's all proven later. So um, you know, uh, I'm the same as you in some ways. You know, I hand wrote a whole bunch of letters uh, when I was doing my um, uh, mentoring with the toe cracker uh, yeah. you know um, I did I did all of that um, I uh, uh, still like to uh, uh, handwrite stuff when I can um, mm. and uh, and uh, it, it's a different process you know uh, but it's more instinctive well, you get the better to, you know, I don't know if this is interested interest to um, to the podcast listeners but like literally my process is I do handwrite everything but then what's awesome now is of course dictation is so awesome on computers now mm. and so I um, dictate then the sales letter, which gives me another draft opportunity and by the way my spelling's atrocious I failed English this is highly I failed English in my HSC year I failed it and anybody who sees any of my stuff will, will absolutely confirm that. But I then, um, before I go into editing phase, I, I um, literally do a dictation. And dictation super fast. When you've got it written in front of you, dictation on your computer is intensely fast, mm. right? And it also helps you save a whole bunch of time editing because you don't get the spelling mistakes. And it's so accurate now. Right, it is so so. It, you know, if you tried it a few years ago, and you gave it up as a bad joke because it was a bad joke. Yeah, it yeah. is. You know, so so I dictate 
back into, um, you know, in, into thing, and then off I go for editing and, and then edit digitally. So I get the best of all worlds. The other thing that I love to do, and one of, again, another one of Gary's favorite techniques, I find, particularly when I'm working with clients, that the best thing to do is just to get them on a Zoom call, just like you and I are doing here. And then I use a piece of software called Descript, D-E-S-C-R-I-P-T. It is astounding. Like as ability, look, it, it, it won't do word for word transcription, but it breaks up paragraphs. It does sentences. It identifies both of the, uh, both of the speakers. And it allows you to very quickly log that call to grab the gems out of it, the, the phrases that you'll use in your copywriting and so on. So that's two processes that I use. So I, I love interviewing clients and, and recording those interviews and then putting them into Descript for a free and computer-based transcription. But it's good enough for you to be able to go through there and edit and it time codes it as well. Yeah. So you can go yeah. to the part in the recording, which is real handy later on if you end up using, you might use that soundbite for a video. Mm. You know, maybe you might use it for a webinar thing. And if I'm interviewing, you know, customers for the project that I'm working on, or I'm, you know, I love talking to users of the product uh, because I get to understand their journey to that product, the use of that product, and what's happened to them after the journey of that product. And by interviewing them in that way, it's amazing what gems you can you can get for your copywriting. Yeah, I do the same thing with all my clients. I, uh, um, I uh, uh, record our calls and then I, and my team transcribes them. Uh, I, I have uh, a descript and I use a lot, a one called uh, otter.ai, which I found is uh, like, uh, pretty much one of the most accurate ones out there, which is, which is tough because they, they, they tend to have trouble with our, with our sexy Aussie accents. You know, they love American accents that, uh, designed that way, but uh, but uh, the way we the way we uh, talk in our in our um, uh, in our sexy way, you know that they, they don't understand that. But Otter and Descript are some of the some of the most accurate ones that I've used. Well, so I use that. Owned by an Australian, Andrew Murray, who oh, is okay. Australian. So that's so it's 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 pretty good on the yeah. uh, pretty good on the Aussie voice now. But uh, but yeah, like it's it, it's great with all. Actually, a lot. But the point being, whichever tool you use, or indeed, if you go old school, transcriptions are effectively a dollar a minute, mm. right? Just so having somebody, and it's just worth your. It's totally worth your while. I'm retired, so I have no VAs, no anybody, no nothing, no team, nothing. So uh, that's why I use Descript because I I'm just can't be bothered. Yeah, yeah, fantastic tool. What? Uh, um do you see uh, has been some big changes in, in copywriting? Uh, you know, the principles never change. This is something that Dan Kennedy drilled into me from the time that, that uh, I, used to, I had, I ordered uh, um, uh, some big boxes of his, uh, his, his, of his stuff, including a bunch of his, uh, his seminars that, uh, that he ran uh, uh, back in the nineties uh, and, and forward from there. And this is something that, that he always, he always talked about, you know, the principles never change. So, uh, so that's one thing which, uh, um, uh, that's which true, right? that is that is very true but one thing that the the grand masters never had to deal with is frequency mm. okay they uh, uh you know when gary was at his prime dan at his prime the you know all the greats 
there was four channels on TV, yeah. uh, a couple of radio stations and newspapers, and of course, the good old letter, right? That's it, right? They never had to deal with frequency. We do, right? And, and it, it doesn't change the fundamental, like the way people make a decision and the way they emotionally think through a decision and then logically follow, none of that changes, yeah. right? But I tell you what does change, and it is frequency. And I think it's a huge deal. Because here's the thing. One is that leads and hooks, can, can, their life cycle can be a lot shorter. Their half-life is a lot shorter because they're just seen way more and they're copied way more. And, and this is, this is the issue of like the, I think I see with, you know, if you look at uh, what young copywriters and juniors have to tackle today, because if they use the same phrases that you could get away with using exactly the same phrases yeah. in 1980, not pre-internet, right? Even the start of the internet, you can't now, right? because they've seen them and as Todd Brown, I love the way he puts it, you know, mental opt out. Hmm. As soon as people see, and this is, this is the number one challenge, right? Right here. Mental opt out is because of frequency, which the grandmasters didn't have to deal with. If you use a hackneyed phrase or even a phrase that was beautifully crafted and was for its time, just astounding piece of copy, right? If people yeah, have seen yeah. it enough times, Right, and because because of sheer frequency and the number of messages that we see on a daily basis, then you have to pay attention to, to that. So, you know, the issue, you know, I never saw, for example, more destruction of email value than in the past six weeks. Why? Because every Tom, Dick and Harry that you ever emailed from the last well, since email existed, yeah. emailed you. And what did they email you, Brian? The, COVID-19 yeah, update. Yeah. We know everybody's struggling. What? Yeah, what? You weren't, uh, <laughs> what, your your team wasn't hygienic before this happened? Yeah. <laughs> what, you didn't care about me before this? I've never seen more disastrous destruction of email value than mm. that. And that is a classic case of you know tail wagging dog right it just it makes no sense the positive part of this and this is why you know any time you're using generic statements like businesses all businesses will benefit from blah blah yeah no no all florists will benefit that's better hmm. you know all florists specializing in commercial business that's even better still, yeah. right? And then using the terminology of that industry, you, you could be a lazier copywriter pre-today in the sense that because you could get away with you, because guess what? We didn't have targeting tools that allowed us to be any more detailed than that, right? Mm. So you, I think this issue in copy of us having to deal with frequency which means it's incumbent upon us in two elements. It's incumbent upon us to tell a story in a way that not necessarily the fundamentals of the story and tell storytelling haven't changed and will not change. Yeah. You know, yeah. 
uh, the hero's journey, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, blah, 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 not, will not change. But you do, it is incumbent upon you as the copywriter to tell that story in an engaging, entertaining way that lights up a person's day and cuts through the frequency and doesn't because the moment you use a generality, the moment you use a, like you use what well, we're focusing on options trading, because if that person probably is bombarded by option trading lists and Facebook ads and all these sorts of things, defined options trade, right? Unless you are able to, through some form of unique day is under stress. It's all about deletion. Right, it's all about deletion, right? That's that's how the brain keeps you safe. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the default. And for somebody to give us the time of day, you know, it's a you know, sometimes I just crawl up in my office floor into the fetal position and just rock backwards and forwards, you know, thinking about our task, the monumental task of the copywriter to try get somebody's attention when they're dealing with on average seven to eight thousand messages a day when i was growing up in the 70s and early 80s i you know the number of messages that i victoria my 13 year old daughter's class will have generated that much messaging during a class where they should be learning yeah. in about an hour <laughs> yeah that and so that to me, if so, if we look at the future um, in terms of copywriting, yes, fundamentals change, but our grandmasters never had to write. They did. They had very, you know, you could blow people away with a very simple fact in the 70s and 80s because it's highly unlikely that they would have heard it. Now yeah. memes go through the world in 24 hours mm. and everyone's heard of it. Right. So all of those. So to me, Brian, that would be the thing that, that I would say dealing with frequency, dealing with um, you know, mental opt out. They are the two things. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a challenge. And that, that's um, that's how you, you've got to stay on top of uh, on top of everything that, that's happened. So I've never really um, uh, no one's really said it as succinctly uh, as, as that before and boiled it down to to, to uh, especially the thing, thing about frequency, you know. Um, uh, you're right, I, I remember the days of four channels on TV and, and uh, the national newspaper, the local rag, um, yeah. And, and yeah, and, and getting, getting actual sales letters uh, in, in my uh, mailbox at home. Uh, it was a different world. Absolutely, you know, I was blessed. I was so lucky. Um, you know, I grew up in Beechworth, town of 3,000 people. And, you know, I used to get the computer magazines six months, uh, like it took six months in a ship to have them shipped from the US and the UK. And I'd buy these six month old uh, magazines. And I was so fortunate that the local newsagent was amazing. The access to magazines that I had, that was what trained me to understand IT and and enable me to learn programming and understand, you know, if I didn't have that, because I had no access to the outside world, you know, mm. it was a very small, very small world back then. So, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating. And that, and that's why, you know, you have to give your niche as a copywriter, you have to give your niche the respect it deserves. 
right? It's, you have to respect it and you respect it by using their terminology, by really getting to understand their pains, gains and jobs, to be done, which are typically universal pains, gains and jobs to be done, right? Mm. They are universal, but they're expressed in a different way. They're different for a funeral home as compared to somebody who does windows and doors for a living mm. or is running a financial newsletter versus a real estate agency or training real estate agents, right? You have to give your market the respect and that's incumbent upon the copywriter. And here's the, you know, if, if you allow, there's one other thing that I'm very excited about. Yeah. And it's this um, artificial intelligence, not in the way that I'm seeing it done uh, in the sense that, oh, artificial intelligence can write your sales letters. Yeah. Right. I'm not, you know, I, I don't think I'm a Luddite on this. I think we're a way, 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 way from that. Yes, However, yeah. I, I, I will tell you one thing that I'm very excited about is artificial intelligence abilities to take huge masses of data and find extraordinary distinctions in that data is going to be a goldmine for copywriters over the next five years, I think. Right, the you forget artificial intelligence writing sales letters, but we have you know, Facebook, it's frightening how many points of data. You know, this is what's hilarious all these people, oh, I'm not going to put a contact tracing, I'm not going to put any government <laughs> contact tracing app on my phone you already as, have. They write, as they write it on Facebook. Yeah, hello, guess what? <laughs> Facebook knows way more about you than possibly know if they actually turn on the algorithms they would freak you out they would scare you 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 already think they're listening to you over the phone no they're not they just have to they see your actions and they're able to use artificial intelligence to analyze that so i'm very interested and intrigued about what artificial intelligence will help us copywriters in finding unique distinctions which give us unique mechanisms which give us amazing and interesting ways to avoid mental opt-out because of insights that yeah. because no way an individual human could possibly absorb all the data to understand those insights. So I'm very excited about that area of going forward as well. Yeah. So um, that, that's very true. Remember it brings back uh, um, something that, uh, that our friend uh, Ben Simkin mentioned at the, at that, uh, uh, Poland event, which uh, which amazed me, that uh, when he was talking about Facebook ads, they have uh, a million points of uh, data on each person. So uh, it's just the, the mass of data that they, that they have um, on people. This is why. Um, this is why. Like I, I have a, uh, a, a an offer in the dating niche, which is uh, um, running on Facebook ads, and uh, it's for women. So we just uh, uh, for our targeting, it's it's all. Um, you know, US, Canada, uh, UK, Australia, um, uh, and then women, and that's pretty much it. The algorithm and the data knows uh, the best. You train people. it up. Yeah, yeah. It, it yeah, trains yeah. the pixel, and and it's uh, mm -hmm. that that they know who to send it to and who not to send it. To. I don't I don't use any interests, or we do use other other tricks to to do run different ads. But there's big patches of of my advertising where it's just you know. Facebook send this to women in these countries and, uh, and you know, it, it's profitable. So that's the amazing thing. Let me, let me tell you this, Brian, and this is for all the copywriters listening here. Because um, of the work that I've been doing with ad skills, the number one topic on every mega ad buyer's lips right now is, is well, they call it creative in their language. 
yeah. right? But in our language, copy, right? Yeah. Because it doesn't matter if you get that traffic. If you can't convert that traffic, they look way better as ad buyers if the conversion is better, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> they, they look better. So, you know, you talk about opportunities for copywriters, you know, uh, being a copywriter for a ad agency to be able to write that short form Facebook style ads, that's copy too. Mm. Right. The fundamentals don't change just because, right. It's in some ways it's the hardest of all copywriting because you know, you, what, what was the Mark Twain? I was going to write you a, a long letter. Uh, but uh, sorry, I was going to write you a short letter, but I didn't have the time. So I wrote, I wrote you a long one. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, very true. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, so that is a very interesting area for copywriters as well. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's very true. And it has to be compliant as well. So you still have to make a good marketing argument without uh, uh, making all those claims that, uh, that we've been able to yeah, make. You don't, over have, you don't have pain in your arsenal, for example, on Facebook. You yeah. can't use our number one weapon of yeah. telling you how awful your life is yeah. and how tragic it is. And we can show you the light. You can't use it. You've got to, you know, exactly right. So it's got its challenges. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly that's that's very 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 true. It's it's one of the bigger areas, uh, um, one of the big areas of opportunity for for copywriters now. Like you say, is is uh, um, besides that, it's in the conversion. You know, it's uh, one of the keys to uh, uh, this offer which uh, we've got on traffic. If 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 uh, we weren't getting the upsell rate, take rate that we were, if we weren't converting like we were, if, if we didn't have the average order value that we have. Uh, you know, we wouldn't uh, be able to afford to keep running these ads because, uh, um, you know, it's 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 about turning that uh, that that click into a buyer. So uh, that that's the, a very good distinction that you make there. One hundred percent. So, um, all right. So, what uh, uh, courses and books and opt-ins and uh, oh, that's right, I forgot you're retired. So. <laughs> there's nothing that people get. I have nothing, nothing. So, nothing to so pitch. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying the freedom of being able to tell it exactly like it yeah. is. Um, no, so uh, no, but uh, but uh, go well. You, you know, I'll, I'll say this: that there's never been a better time to learn the craft of copywriting than right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. The but you have to balance. Let me leave you with this. You have to, nothing beats writing copy, right? Don't just read. Don't just join in the Facebook groups and convince yourself that you're learning copy, right? It, it only happens when you put pen to paper, when you're yeah. actually writing. That's the only time you're learning. Right, it's you, you're studying every all the other times. You know, you're you're getting book knowledge, but until you commit that ink to paper or type, um, you that's you're not making uh, you you know, you're not making progress. So, exactly. So right. please keep that in mind. That rather than opting into anything I have, uh, try do me the favor of maybe you know writing. Uh, hitting the timer for 50 minutes and, and doing some copywriting practice, maybe handwrite a sales letter because that's, that's a good piece of training. Let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah. So uh, they'll be able to do that. Cause uh, if you're listening on iTunes, I'll chuck a link to the Gary Halbert letter.com uh, on, uh, on young Ed's uh, uh, 
uh, podcast page at uh, geniusesofcopywriting.com. So if you're listening on iTunes or elsewhere, uh, those are some great things to, to handwrite, those old newsletters. Uh, Gary was uh, the master at what he did. And uh, and uh, the uh, um, and our friends uh, Kevin and Bond uh, who maintain that they've got some sales letters on there as well. Well, and uh, can I big share, yep. instead of buying my stuff because I've got nothing to sell? Uh, go if you haven't got it already. Go and buy Bond Halbert's Volume Three um, book on editing copy, right? Because it is the it is the bible of copy yeah. yeah. editing. As opposed to copywriting, copy editing, which is a completely different skill set um, and one that you need to master as well. So don't do anything for me. Go to the Gary Halbert letter. Go to uh, buy uh, Bond's uh, guide on... Um, yeah. On and who else can I recommend? This is very freeing. Who else can I recommend stuff? Mm. Oh, the other one, uh, the, the um, fellow uh, Agora copywriter, Valdo Albuquerque, um, his 16 word sales letter uh, book that he released uh, at the end of the year last year yeah. is one yeah. of the best um, best uh, methodologies for you to go from zero to a vomit draft I've seen. It's really, really good. So there's another recommendation for, for people. Uh, not my stuff, but stuff that I really think is just superb. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll chuck some links uh, on the on this yeah, page as well. Um, your affiliate, Brian. Pete, you need to eat. <laughs> oh, Amazon is just slashed their affiliate uh, uh, oh, yes. payouts, uh, which is crazy. But uh, like they, you were uh, that they went. They went traffic. They yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They went. They went from stuffle to absolutely stuffle uh, with yes. with these uh, uh, affiliate commissions. So. Um, but yes. but both books are on Amazon and both highly recommended. They, they, come, yeah. they come from uh, uh, the recommendation of Ed Dow himself, so you know they're good. You can get a beer. The beer's cheap where he is, so you know. Just, yeah. A few of you use his link, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for sharing with that, Ed. It's been uh, um, absolutely incredible that the stuff that you talked about. I'm so glad that. Uh, that now I'm glad now that it's worth the wait. We waited until you were um, uh, free and unfettered, so that yes. uh, uh, in in the in the golden years of your retirement, you can come out and say it like it is. So I really appreciate that. No, uh, my absolute pleasure, Brian. No problems. Um, and uh, uh, I would uh, um, uh, you more than welcome to uh, to come on any time again, although. I'm sure well, that you enjoy retirement. Let's face yeah. it, I can't go anywhere. I literally, literally, yeah, can't. I, can't, I can't even use an excuse. Like, I'm traveling. <laughs> Sorry, Brian, I'm traveling. Which was true. I was, I was never dodging you. It was genuinely true. That yeah, I was true. Traveling. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. It's all good. But uh, yeah, that's no, no, more than if people, if you want me back, people, you'd let Brian know. Tell the boss. And if, if you demand, you know, if we get at least, you know, one or two people to make. Yeah. <laughs> we might be able to get three. Demand. If you commit, <laughs> if you create massive demand, then I will come back. Yeah, yeah. If it gets double figures, I'll let you know. Wolf, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. Please yeah. tell me. I'm not going to hit Ben Simpkin. Yeah. You know, I'm, not, I'm not like Ben Simpkin superstar, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have, yeah. I have who, who, more who paper. Yeah. Man. 
<laughs> All right, thank you, Ed. You're, you are a genius of copywriting. Uh, I think everybody knows that already. So I appreciate you, you sharing the stuff and we will talk again soon. No worries, mate. Speak soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Geniuses of Copywriting with Brian Casagina. To get the full transcript and all the resources mentioned on today's show, go to www.geniusesofcopywriting.com now.